The Rings of Power, Amazon's new TV show based loosely on Tolkien's Second Age, is being released. So we thought we'd take a little break this week and talk about that show and how much Tolkien is worth defending in lieu of all the changes that Amazon is making. Social media has kind of been polarized as, as I guess, is the want of modern people these days. But social media has been highly polarized about the release of the Rings of Power. And we've kind of noticed there's been maybe two sort of general camps that people have fallen into when, and these are people who like Tolkien in a variety of forms. Most of us like his books and um, many of us like the movies that are, that have come before to varying degrees, but they've kind of been divided into two camps. And the first is the camp that says we're really excited for the Rings of Power because it's another adaptation of Tolkien. It's imaginative. It's we haven't had anything for many years, and uh, uh, maybe we'd never liked the Hobbit movies in the first place. Sorry, that's me. Um, but but it's more than just you. It's new content, so so get excited about the new content. And the other camp, uh, which we're, we're, we've mo- most of us fall into more or less, are, are the purists, and and we say. Tolkien needs to be respected and we're not liking a lot of the details we're seeing coming out from um, the Amazon team that, that's doing Rings of Power. So we want to sit and talk about that a little bit and sort of flesh out our thoughts on why yeah. it is. That... Well, and even, I think even more than why it is, but should we be doing it, right? Is there, what's the, what's the value in somebody like me? If I had my way, I would be out there telling people, like telling people, don't watch the Rings of Power, go read the Silmarillion. In fact, if I had my way, Dan probably would never have enjoyed the Lord of the Rings because I wouldn't have wanted the films to be made. Um, I was all into it then, but then I saw the fellowship of the ring and uh, I was just discussing with my brother the other night. I'm like, yeah, remember when we came out of the fellowship of the ring? He's like, yeah, you hated it. And I'm like, yeah, I hated it. And, and I grew to like it afterwards. I wouldn't say that I love it necessarily, but I grew to like it. But uh, should we be defending Tolkien? Because if I would have been defending Tolkien that way in the early two thousands, somebody like Dan would never have gotten into it. Yeah, man, so, what, a, what a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, for one, am glad that Dan got into it. So for that reason alone, I love Peter Jackson. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I, I, feel like, I feel like when we're talking about comp- or comparing Peter Jackson's trilogy to uh, the Rings of Power, I think we're, we're talking about something that's like fundamentally changing the essence. It's not mm-hmm. just like little tweaks to characters here and there, like, oh, let's add a little bit more drama to this character arc, or let's... You know, let's change the way he gets the sword or, you know, things like that are like little little plot differences. I yeah. feel like the Rings of Power, it's just like, at least what I've seen, it's, it's, it's fundamentally changing the whole story. Well it, well, it is because, and they admit it, because of the compression, right? We've talked about this before. So they're taking nearly 2,000 years of Tolkien's history and they're compressing it into what's going to no doubt be a few dozen years or maybe less in, in story time. Um, over five seasons. And so and so you, in order to do that, you have to change the story. There are going to be characters interacting with each other that yeah. never were alive at the same time. There's, And then, of course, they have the entire new yeah, slate but, of characters that they're inventing. But isn't that a good thing? Because then we get to see more characters of Tolkien's work in a short amount of time. I mean, I'm playing devil's advocate. And I want to go back to that question of like, should we be doing this? Like, what's what's the benefit of us being such strident defenders of Tolkien? And I think there are some YouTubers that really get stridently defensive of it. And I, I'm kind of fine with it. Uh, I don't like the name calling. I don't like calling people shills. Uh, it's very easy to be suckered into, suckered? Just, I don't know, is that the right word? To be 
sucked in by the studio when they offer you free things. That certainly happened to me. Uh, I The big, best free thing I ever got was like all the posters for the Two Towers and Fellowship of the Ring. They, they never sent me anywhere or shipped me to England to do anything like that. But um, I, my, my desire to keep Tolkien Tolkien supersedes my desire to see anybody else's vision of Tolkien, right? To see uh, somebody like... Uh, uh, what is it, Disa on the screen, the new, brand new female black dwarf that is nowhere near Tolkien's works. And so, so but by doing that, he, when, he, when he didn't write that, when he didn't write Halbrand and he didn't write Galadriel in the way that they're writing him, am I, am I taking away somebody else's love of Tolkien that they could, that could be grown or that could be, you know, uh, that could spring up after seeing something like this? And I know, Dan, you said it is totally different, but let's let's say it is different, and then somebody does get into Tolkien and starts loving Tolkien and really jumps into it with both feet because they never would have liked it if they didn't see it in this incarnation. Is that a good thing, or would it be better that, or is it is it ruining too many people's minds of Tolkien? Are they changing it too much, and then people will read Tolkien and be like, "Well, wait a minute, where is my diversity, equity, and inclusion in Tolkien? Right? Why do I not? Right. Why is Muriel considered to be, uh, you know, pale and white, and yet on screen she wasn't right?" Do we do we ruin Tolkien by letting somebody have so much leeway, or do we improve him by letting somebody have so much so much leeway and bringing more people into the fold theoretically? Well, I think that what what you win people with is what you win them to. Hmm. So I feel I feel like if you are creating a show where the big draw is, look how diverse it is, look how inclusive it is, look how and that's that's your whole show that's what you're winning people to. You're not winning them mm -hmm. to Tolkien. Um, I feel like, I feel like there is a fundamental difference between what Peter Jackson tried to do. I, I feel like he did make artistic license. He did make certain choices just because he's making a movie. He's got to figure out how am I going to make this into a movie as opposed to an entire doing, doing justice to the entire book. I'm going to try to adapt this, yeah. to this medium. And I, but I still feel like he tried to be faithful in the choices that he made. Um, even if he did make a change, I think he still tried to keep the spirit of Tolkien in, in the movie. And when I see the rings of power, when I see the, the previews that come out, the characters, they, they, they show you, um, I don't really see that. So what you're saying is that whereas Peter Jackson, because he held uh, close enough to, what Tolkien actually wrote. And I think uh, he, he had the code of, uh, you know, we, we didn't want to inject our own politics or beliefs into the stories, but uh, go back to what Tolkien actually wrote. It was something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't have it right in front of me, but that yeah. was the generalist gist of the idea. Uh, whereas uh, the quote here comes from an executive producer where she writes, it felt only natural to us that an adaptation of Tolkien's work would reflect what the world actually looks like, which is funny because the world yeah. actually didn't, exist with the one that they're trying to create, recreate. But so what you're saying is that Peter Jackson was able to bring people closer to Tolkien because his was at least a close enough representation of Tolkien. And if it's not close enough, if the rings of power isn't close enough, it's not going to draw anybody into it or it's not going to draw people into it at the same rate, at the same volume that uh, Peter Jackson's films did. Well, I think it's going to bring a lot of people into the rings of power or whatever that show ends up being. But what that is, is, you know, it's kind of like, oh, it feels like, like, yeah, it's fan well, fiction. yeah. Well, what I was going to say is like, you don't see um, new fans of Star Wars anymore. 
Mm-hmm. You only see either parents bringing their kids to it because they loved it, or you see uh, uh, the old fans who've loved it since at, at the latest uh, the prequels. Because you don't maybe even a few from the Force Awakens, but at once you hit the Last Jedi, I think it dies down. But everything new on Disney Plus is not new fans. It 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 dies off at the end. the 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 final yeah. episodes always have far fewer viewers than the initial episodes for all their shows, whether uh, maybe not the Mandalorian, but for Boba Fett, for uh, particularly the Obi-Wan, the disaster, in my opinion, that was the Obi-Wan show. So, uh, yeah, I can see that. And, and look how much those new things have to rely on nostalgia to market. Ugh, right. It's like, like they have the Obi-Wan series. Like, who's in it? Obi-Wan, Vader, <laughs> Leia. Leia. Like, they, they don't tell a new story at all, uh, you know. Yeah. What do they do in the Mandalorian? They bring back Luke. It's, yeah. it's like they're, they're they're relying on people that became fans 30 years ago to 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 make this work. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in that regard though, I see what Rings of Power is doing is kind of like the opposite of that interestingly. Like huh. in other words, there's no okay, not totally because the hobbits are nostalgia. They're bring they're keeping hobbits in there because of nostalgia. They've focused on Galadriel apparently because of nostalgia, but what they're doing if you look at all the new characters they're doing and everything like everything there they're just telling their own story they're not telling tolkien's story by the way they're telling their own story they have a whole slate of new characters it's loosely set in tolkien's world essentially it has some of the same events apparently but the time compression means that they're just they're just telling their own thing and and i and i think when that happens they're not even going to get the benefit of a lot of nostalgia as, as, mm-hmm. as you see from a lot of the purists um I think that uh, let's say uh, let's say Rings of Power is has some success, and um, a lot of people watch it, and they get some decent ratings from certain uh, parts of the of the social media world, and the critics uh, the crit- the critics. Um, I guess my point would be like like that. There's this old idea. The word virtue actually means excellence. The Greek word for virtue actually means excellence. So the idea isn't for me, is it good enough? Is is this adaptation of Tolkien good enough or is it fine? The adaptation of Tolkien, since Tolkien's such an w- unbelievable author, needs to be the best it can be. So what I what I work argue for is excellence. And what I'm not seeing is excellence in their in their in their the casting in their storyline in the way they're presenting in their um their in their in their marketing of the days of our lives marketing oh oh no <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. i'll try oh. i'll try and like put it right here somewhere okay. <laughs> wow. get that terrible thank you for yeah. bringing the terrible yeah this is the opposite of excellence right so the days of our lives the the if you people have been criticizing things like i mean even the costuming there's 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 these shots of uh, Tarmirio, which where it's like painted on armor. It's literally cloth with armor scales painted on on her that you you can see when you zoom into the shot. Um, it's so it's so community theater that the quality is bad. This is not excellence anymore, and mm-hmm. Tolkien deserves excellence. So by good enough, which is what we we're saying, good enough means better than all the rest, better than anything it could have been. I mean, that's good enough, right? It's it's going to bring more people, and that's why Peter Jackson, you could say it was excellent. Um, mm-hmm. And this goes it back had... to, to a video that, that I did uh, last week, um, which was talking about why there's, there's nobody uh, at the top of Amazon that, that, that comes with passion. So Star Wars had George Lucas pushing it for years. Once it, became a, once it became just a property of Disney, right? You lost the passion, you lost the excellence. Uh, Peter Jackson 
came in and decided I'm going to make this film. It didn't come down from the top and say, Hey, we're a studio. We're going to make this film. He had to push it. He had to create the animatics to start it or whatever it was. The, the, uh, yeah, you know, he, he had to promote it. He had to go to studios and say, I want to go make this film and convince them that I'm the, he was the one to make it and then started his own special effects company or essentially created his own digital effects company in order to make the yeah. film. And so it was excellent. And so if you're not pushing for excellence at every step of the way, it's diminishing the excellence that is Tolkien. That's right. That's right. And that's why it's worth defending because it is something that is, that is very good and very good. <laughs> and so it deserves that kind of an effort. And there will be people that will say, for example, that, that um, just to steel man the case a little bit, there'll be people that will say, well, talk to the showrunners. These guys can quote, you know, parts of the unfinished tales and then Tolkien's letters. And they really have passion and they really want this to be a great, a great show and aren't the details that you guys are quibbling about aren't they the unimportant stuff like the making the world of Tolkien look like our world which I find to be a hilariously backwards way of looking at it. like literally they're saying the the quote that you just read Jonathan what from the from the what, what kind of it was it a producer was it uh, it was an ex executive producer yeah, executive producer. Yeah. That quote, where essentially that sh she sees nothing wrong with with bringing our world on and and putting it in Tolkien's world. Like Tolkien's world is not our world. That's the point here. So it, when you re when you recreate an imaginative world, yeah, and and yes, I'm for all you internet trolls, I'm well aware that Tolkien is has. has it, it, oh no! Oh, <laughs> no. and all no, rational thought has left my brain. Uh, Just. This is the excellence you were talking about. What is not excellent about this, Michael? Um, <laughs> it's Kelly Brimborn. He is the most excellent of the soap opera. Is, is that is that what I, maybe why I maybe think it isn't excellent? Oh um, man, it's it's Days whoever they they did not get excellent marketing people because this is just a mistake. That, like they they aren't reaching for the top by what is this part. <laughs> Hey, that's my favorite part oh. what in the actual world is going on there oh. yeah that was uh, so we know, we, know what, we know what's going on jonathan we like we saw this it was the 70s days of our lives like that was what was going on and and i and i know what's going on when i see um uh african-american hobbits or uh black hobbits i guess he's english an english yeah. actor so you know black hobbits um, what's going on is something that isn't Tolkien. They could never have made the statement that you paraphrased from Peter Jackson when he was yeah. asked about it. He said, we did not come to bring our own politics to this. We did not, we, that, that wasn't his, their, their mission. Their yeah. mission was to, was to try to return so, to the book. So the, the producers of this cannot say that with a straight face. I mean, they might be able to say it for marketing purposes, yeah, but they, yeah, wouldn't, yeah. they wouldn't be able to say that. So the question then comes back to, should we be defending this in the way that that so many people are is by by essentially saying this is not Tolkien. Don't 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 let yourself be convinced that they're actually doing this for the sake of Tolkien. They're doing this for the sake of Jeff Bezos having an, a new Game of Thrones. But don't, don't, should we be defending this as vociferously, as vibrantly, as uh, stridently as we are, uh, as a sort of a, as a as a Tolkien originalist community? Maybe is yeah, yeah. So so my answer to that is is it is it worth defending? Is it something excellent and good? And mm. if it isn't, Harry Potter, sorry. <laughs> if it isn't, so I, I made some enemies with that one. But if, if it's a work of, if it's an inferior literary work that, that I mean, doesn't really matter whether it's not good and excellent and it, it, and it isn't timeless and it isn't something that people, well then, 
I don't think it is worth defending. It's an adaptation could be what what it'll be. But if the original is good and timeless and has excellence, then yes, we should be defending that, which is good and timeless and excellent. I agree. I agree. I think it's, uh, I think it's worth defending, but I I think it's also worth defending in the sense of realizing that you're not going to change anybody's mind. I think Hmm. that they, they are set in their, they're setting their presuppositions and you're not going to change anyone's mind at this point. Let them enjoy what they want to enjoy. Let them make what they want to make. Um, but they're, they're not going to be swayed by quoting Tolkien. Yeah. And here's the evidence against yeah. what you're doing. It, yeah. They're just not going to be persuaded by though, that. Though I think um, when the outcry is big enough, like I go to two, two examples. One, Sonic the Hedgehog. Remember that when they released <laughs> the trailer and Sonic looked like some sort of odd combination of human and video game and things where they gave him like real socks and like the eyes were anyway it was all weird right huge outcry they actually went back delayed the movie fixed sonic changed the entire thing and made a movie that now has had two incredibly successful films in that series and i go back to there was a huge outcry uh against arwen actually uh at uh helm's deep uh when it was being filmed when that was leaked the, a photo of her i don't think i can find it in, in the meantime i'll see if i can get it after the fact uh but a picture of arwen at helms deep uh that and people are like no there are already elves there there was a huge outcry against that but putting arwen there was even even greater mm-hmm. and i think when when there is enough of an outcry of real fans uh pushing back against it and it, it doesn't even have to be the nicest people, right? You don't have to do it in a way that makes friends, but pushing back against it and saying like, this is not actually how it was like the people at the top, they may actually change. It may happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think in it's, it's going to as much as it used to, because I think the, the echo chambers can be uh, so intense now. Yeah. I, I think you hit the nail right on the head that with, with at least with, in my opinion, Peter Jackson's adaptation he made changes that there was an outcry, but those, those changes that he made were not ideological. The great things are worth defending. And if they're not making something great out of what has been proven to be probably the most successful fantasy story, just because of the influence that it had in the, uh, in the fiction world, in the fandom world over the last hundred years, right? Then, then it's worth defending. So I'm going to continue to defend it. I'm not going to be calling names, I don't think. Well, that is always interesting to me. It's always interesting when the first, and, and, and I've encountered this, like I, I joined a few boards in, in my folly on uh, on certain social media sites. I joined, I joined some groups just to, when this uh, Rings Power stuff first started coming out. And very quickly, um, name calling started and almost entirely directed at people that were being in any way critical of what they yeah. were seeing coming out about. And once you start, if, if your primary superpower is name calling, if that's your argue that's 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 the argument you're going to use and that's the way you're going to go about it then um it, there's a you're, you're starting out from a flawed perspective and so there's a there i it, you're right dan you're not we're, they're the people that really love it and the people that really don't love it are not really probably going to convince each other very much in this mm-hmm. it, you, you know they're not going to ch- switch sides mo- most likely there will be i think some switching of sides one way or the other when the actual shows come out there'll be there we'll have new thoughts and once we see for sure for sure there's 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 nothing you can say to someone who is suppressing the truth of tolkien in their unrighteousness (laughs) i love that i gotta write that down this is going to be the quote i'm going to use in all my signatures now 
I've heard oh, that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's something true to that too. We will find out a lot more. It's a, what uh, September third, second, wait, second, second, I think, second. Yeah, uh, and um, the day, the, the the anniversary of Tolkien's death, I believe, is also the anniversary. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, yes, well, let the jokes um, flow. <laughs> so, I, you know, there will be uh, continuous sides of fandom. And um, there are two distinct sides. There's those who want to keep Tolkien Tolkien as much as possible and the ones who want to see Tolkien in as many things as possible. And I think there's a third side that's like, I want to make Tolkien into my own vision of what it should have been and not what it actually is. But <clears throat> I think two of the sides can kind of get along. I hope that they do amend some of their ways. I think you know uh, the apparently the the silmarillion rights weren't even for sale and so they only got the rights to the appendices so Tolkien estate wasn't going to sell any of that uh and and so they got that and so then they're like well what are we going to do with this we're just going to compress it down we're going to make all these changes because we have a template and not an actual story to follow i mean if they were to do what what for instance uh what was read in our podcast window on the west when it comes to um uh, of the flight of the Noldor where you see this great character arc for Feanor and you could take it out over a few years. Uh, that would be an incredible story, but they don't have the rights to that, but they're still not making anything great out of what we actually have because they're deciding the to inject their own desires yep. into what it should have been, not into what it actually is. Yeah. They have the rights to plenty. They have enough to make some yeah, great stories. They do. They do. So is it worth defending? Yes, it's worth defending. Should we de be defending it uh, vociferously and uh, with, Gusto, I think so. And courtesy. And courtesy. In I have a hard time with courtesy sometimes, I, but you know. yeah, but but I agree with you. Don't we don't need to call names. We don't need um, to call names. Yeah. But but we could point out the flaws. Yeah, yeah, and and then but also I hate the idea that uh, any one group of fans has has the monopoly on being the right group of fans, because you see that a lot right. now too. Uh, and I saw that a lot 20 years ago. Um, and uh, it sucked then. And I think it sucks now. But I don't think it's going to be changing anytime soon because too many people are bought into certain things. I will say, though, I think if you're the fan, no offense to you, Dan, if you're the fan who started by reading The Lord of the Rings first uh, and The Silmarillion first, uh, you end up on a different side of fandom than if you saw the Peter Jackson films first and came to it that way. Because when you see those towers, those elven towers and the Numenorean things that Alan Lee again drew essentially and came, was brought to life by Amazon, you see uh, the things that called back to uh, films that you loved back then and anything is going to make it amazing. Kind of like how we felt before the prequels to Star Wars came out and then we saw The Phantom Menace and went, oh, oh. <laughs> okay, Jar Jar, huh? You're going to be like, oh, okay. Galadriel, huh? That's what we got now. Midi-Glorians, so. come on. <laughs> Give it up. Yeah, if, if, they put in, if they put in like, why is, why is Galadriel magical? Well, it's the blood that she had when she was in the shores of Tuna and the, the counts of gems that rubbed up against her skin as she bathed in the salts on the... No, I don't know. So, <laughs> I don't know. The hidden, you know, they're going to do something. Here's the thing: with her yeah. from Valinor, that she can yeah. magically so, leap across <laughs> entire caverns with on, you know, wire uh, the, yeah, the, the wire work is amazing. In this show. Anyway, so yeah, it's worth defending. And in the end, you know, the great thing is with Tolkien, you always have the books to go back to. You always have what he wrote. With Star Wars, 
with um with harry potter right things are a little more fluid because of the ownership of the rights to those i think ultimately and how they're being portrayed but you always have you always have you know you can't go back to tolkien and say what would you have written would you have made gandalf gay that's not going to happen anymore because guess what he's dead and it's been 50 years and uh, we're not going to have those kinds of questions anymore but is it still worth defending yeah i completely agree it's totally 100 worth defending because it is great and if something that great like you said, Michael, I love the way you put it, right? It's worth defending because it's great. And if you're not going to try and make something great, make something the most excellent, if that's not your goal, if your goal is to make the next Game of Thrones and not make the best possible show that can be built around what Tolkien actually wrote, uh, then we need to defend that. We need to defend the idea that you need to make it great. So, yeah. Final just, thoughts? Jonathan, just think of all the intimacy coordinators they're keeping employed. How, how, can, you, how can you turn, I mean... You don't want to deny them their right to work, do you? Yes. Okay. So, any final thoughts? Uh, you just have to let them. You know, just let we can them do all, what they're going to do. Let's all send them copies mean, of the you actual. You mean like books. the hands of Morgoth around the summer? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yay! With all, you, both all hands. you can do, all you can do is speak the truth in love, and and whoever Eru Alubatar wills will yes. will repent. Right. As long as we don't have Amazon continue go continue gobbling. Tolkien, like Ungoliant, gobbled the light of the Silmarils, or tried to, then <laughs> all will be well. Well, we shoved a lot of <laughs> metaphors into the last 60 great. seconds. Okay. I love it. I love it. All right, guys. Thanks for, thanks for joining me on this. That was fun. And, uh, and we'll see more when it comes out. Or we might look at this and laugh and be like, we were totally wrong. This is the most amazing thing that's come out since Peter Jackson. I would love, I would love if I looked back on this. I was like, I was totally wrong. Yeah. This is truly excellent. It's so much more fun to be positive than negative, but it's so much more easy to be negative than positive. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next right. time. Take care, all. Michael, Dan, and Jonathan want to thank you, the listener, for joining us. Visit us at theonering.com, your source for everything Tolkien, where you can comment on this episode and join the conversation. This is Austin Robertson bidding you farewell. May the wind under your wings bear you where the sun sails and the moon walks.